Okay, hey, this is Brent Leary, and I'm sitting at the headquarters of Pindrop, and this is a really cool company here in Atlanta. So frequently, I wish I could do more in Atlanta. This company's doing some really interesting things around voice and biometrics, and so I'm sitting here with Chris Halishek. Chris, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brent. Thanks for coming in. So tell me a little bit about a little bit about you and also a little bit about Pindrop, what you guys do here. Yeah, no, happy to. Uh, first, you know, Brent, I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, great to have you here. Um, also great that you know you're, you're in Atlanta so you can be here in person with us so um, quick backstory on me um, I am an Atlanta native uh, so I grew up in Atlanta and then um, moved up north uh, to the uh, University of Maryland where I did my PhD in computer science so spent some time in the DC area um, I then uh, headed out to the West Coast and uh, that's really when I, I dug into um, a technology companies so a CTO for a handful of early stage tech companies and you know, spend all my time, you know, building products, bring those, bringing those products to market, and then growing and scaling those businesses. Um, I then moved back to the East Coast uh, about you know five years ago, and have been at Pindrop now for the past roughly three and a half or so years. So, really exciting time for uh, for Pindrop. You know, our our focus has always been to bring real time identity, security, and trust to all voice uh, interactions. Um, and so we've typically focused in the enterprise call center, which is predominantly where voice has been, but I think you'll appreciate that voice is now moving well beyond uh, the telephone channel to uh, interesting devices like smart speakers, uh, automotive, uh, and so on. So, um, you know, for us, it's all about bringing security identity and trust to those voice uh, interactions. And when it comes to these new devices, these smart speakers that have voice assistance in them, uh, what is the state of security and privacy at where we are currently, yep. and where does it need to go for it to be adopted at an uh, even higher level than we're seeing today? Yeah, it's it's a it's a good question. It's one we need to be asking, Brent. That's you know one of the reasons why I was so interested in us having this conversation um, because security is usually an afterthought, mm -hmm. and you know we're at a point where the types of interactions that are going to be um, uh, kind of achievable with these types of devices, they're going to be a lot more rich and they're going to start to expose much more sensitive data. It's not just going to be, say, listening to music, turning on your lights. Right. So, you know, state of the art right now is probably a best case, if we're just talking smart speakers, is using a spoken four-digit pin. And I think any of us will probably appreciate that, you know, saying your password out loud is not really advisable. Right. <laughs> so I think there's, you know, a lot of opportunity to bring stronger forms of identity and authentication uh, to these various sort of voice environments, uh, be that again a smart speaker inside uh, a vehicle, if you're you know speaking inside of your car, um, or even into the office setting such as this, um, you know there's the opportunity to get access to business information, assuming you can bring along with it proper security, identity, and trust. One of the things that I think about, and a lot of us are thinking about from a, a CRM perspective, is how do you get folks like salespeople to use CRM more? And, and voice seems like a, an obvious thing for mm -hmm. it. But from a standpoint of privacy and security, what needs to happen in order for that for salespeople and just folks who use business enterprise applications to make sure that they're the right person is using it and entering the data and accessing the data? What has to happen from a voice biometrics perspective to make it something that companies are going to feel comfortable doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at, at it as, let's say, you know, even for me, if I'm going to walk into one of our conference rooms where we have a voice-enabled device, and let's say that I want to get access to uh, perhaps some of our, our CRM-related data, related to some of our accounts, 
um, I need to uh, make sure that, you know, because it's a shared device, that I have the right, you know, authorization to actually access that information. And so the opportunities we see it, and you know, again, we are we we have uh, historically focused in the in the call center, you know, with both fraud detection and authentication solutions. And the way we've approached it there, I think, is a similar way you can approach it in these other voice channels. <clears throat> and so if you look at what we do in the call center today, and again, I think this will parallel into into these other channels, uh, Brent, is that. We're trying to replace the, the, the traditional forms of authenticating someone who's speaking in this voice channel. And the way that that has typically been done is using something called knowledge-based authentication questions. It's, it's usually in authentication or security parlance, something that you know. So it's my, my mother's maiden name, my last four digit of my SSN, maybe a PIN or a password. And again, we mentioned earlier in the conversation about you know, we're using four digit PINs in smart speakers. Similar type of approaches have been used in the call center. And the unfortunate reality is that that's horribly insecure. Mm. Uh, this type of data is available on secondary markets or black markets. Um, and you know, that's what's led to large number of, numbers of breaches. Right. And in the, in the voice channel and the enterprise call centers, what leads to you know, what is uh, effectively today a $14 billion problem in terms of, of, of voice fraud loss in that channel. Right. So we see an opportunity and what you know, Pindrop does is brings uh, you know, replaces those pins and passwords with something you are, which is your voice, and that's what uses our, our voice biometrics technology, which we can talk about in more depth. Something I have, which is my device, and we have technology to very uniquely and accurately, you know, identify the device that's actually active in that type of voice interaction. Mm -hmm. in, in this case, this would be a phone call. Right. And then my behavior. So we have technologies that allow us to, in a friction-free uh, way, you know, verify the right voice, right device, right behavior. So if you look at things like smart speakers, I mean, walking into maybe one of our conference rooms and interacting with um, maybe one of the voice enabled devices there, uh, we see a, a huge opportunity in taking that same voice biometrics technology to ensure that I'm the right speaker in that, in that particular transaction. So if I'm saying, you know, maybe say we use Salesforce, hey, Salesforce, or hey, hey you know, Einstein, let me know the latest status on the XYZ opportunity. Mm. It's only going to give it to me because I've been the identified speaker right. and I have access to that information. Now, you also uh, do things to make sure that the voice, or at least alert the user that the voice is either authentic or not authentic, or organic or not organic. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. So if you're looking at voice identity and voice biometrics technology, um, you know, you have to be resilient to the various threat vectors that exist, you know, using that type of authentication credential. Yeah. And, and the, the reality is that bad actors are very smart and they go to great lengths to kind of get past these types of defenses. And so if you're looking at voice biometrics, you have a variety of different voice spoofing attack vectors that, that uh, bad actors will try. So it's things like replay attacks where they actually get a recording of you doing some type of interaction and they go back and try to leverage that recording um, uh, to get access to this type of uh, system or data. Um, other more emerging attack, vect attack vectors are something called uh, uh, synthetic speech generation or voice synthesis. Um, so I don't know if you saw maybe the uh, Google Duplex demo at the recent Google I.O. conference. Yeah, saw it and uh, was amongst the folks that were like, whoa, okay, yeah. this is interesting. Really cool and at the same time a little scary, yeah. right? Uh, so I think from an end-user standpoint, it can drive a lot of efficiencies. Yeah. But it kind of does showcase 
where you can go with synthetic speech generation. Because you know the bot on the other end, that was all done in real time with synthetic speech. Mm. And so um, you know, we have some demos, and I'm happy to show you some of them today, that show just how much you can do with just a couple of minutes of audio that we pull from, say, something like YouTube. Right. And you know, our research team internally has built um, our own voice synthesis, synthesis engine, mainly to showcase the realities of this type of threat and why you need to protect against it. We see things like voice distortion. We see things voice morphing. You know, you will have a bad actor trying to compromise someone's bank account, and they know that it's perhaps a female or male account, so they're just, you know, the pitch of their voice, so they sound like a male or female. Yeah. And so, you know, synthetic speech and voice synthesis is something that's coming that we've got to be ready for. And when, it, when you think about enterprise applications, software applications, that's right. things that even the call center agents are using, this becomes really critical to getting over that security hump that people are, are, are legitimately worried about. That's exactly right, yeah. And if you look at where you know, voice, as it comes out of the telephone channel, more towards these smart speakers, giving you access to things like unlocking doors in your house, which is now kind of out there, yeah. you've got to be thinking about these types of um, you know, threats and protecting against them. All right, Chris, this is awesome. So uh, where are we currently in, in kind of the, the maturity of this whole situation with these smart devices and needing security. Uh, are we still very, very early? Are we getting closer to like the, the fifth or sixth inning? Where are we with this? I, I think we're still early, which is good. Um, in, in that, in early in the sense that I think we're just scratching the surface about the types of interactions we have with these devices. And another reason why I think it's, it's, it's good is because you know, people are starting to think ahead as, as, as we talk to some of our you know, enterprise customers and they're looking at bringing out, say, voice skills to the various platforms in 2019, okay. they want to bring richer experiences to those particular channels and environments, but they've got to do it in a secure way. Now, from a technology standpoint, I think the technology's there. Mm -hmm. uh, we just got to get it out there and be thoughtful about how you apply it. So, I mean, as I look to next year, um, I think you're going to see more and more enterprises bring these types of experiences you know, into these channels. I think we're still going to be doing pretty basic things and as some of the you know, security and identity related solutions come to market in these channels, uh, you know, we're going to start to expose a lot more interesting uh, use cases and data, if that makes sense. And how does consumer adoption of smart devices uh, impact what happens in the enterprise? Because we all, we all know that we all are consumers, yep. we bring things into our house, we start to use them, they become real convenient, and then we start to think, well, gosh, why can't the way we use enterprise apps, why can't that be as convenient as what we do at home? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think you, you, we, we see a blurring of you know, consumer and enterprise. I mean, I think the reality is we all expect compelling customer experiences, right. uh, both from a, um, an enterprise standpoint and a consumer standpoint, because at the end of the day, you're right, we're all consumers. So um, I think that's just, you know, if you are an enterprise software company, you have to still bring delightful user experiences even to your business consumers. Right. Um, that's just my philosophy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think so. I think that tide has, has sort of shifted a while ago. Um, you know, it's really a question of looking at those business applications and the data that is exposed uh, for those types of applications in many cases can be viewed as a lot more sensitive. Um, again, you know, if I look at smart speaker usage today, and I know you had some folks that recently published the Adobe yeah. um, you the know, state, state of voice, voice what people yeah. are doing. You know, a lot of the home usage of these voice assistants is, um, you know, still kind of basic. 
but but starting to trend to you know things like payments and managing yeah. things related to payments or purchases. So you're going to start to get to more sensitive use cases. Um, we've also envisioned where you know things like financial trading, and I'm kind of pointing over here at an off screen. Yeah. Um, Echo device, um, but where you know. For me as a retail consumer that may want to do things like stock trading using a voice assistant, um, you know, we think those will start to come to market. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really about the sensitivity of the data. I think whether, you know, it's just typically on the business side, you have security teams that are assessing how you're going to expose and, 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 and lock down that, that information. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whereas on the consumer side, I think we're at least we've started in the smart speaker, some of these voice assistant space. Um, you know, it's in the confines of your own home, uh, a little bit more of a trusted scenario, but as you bring richer transactions there, obviously you're going to have to have strong forms of, of authentication and identity.